This edition of the AfriCast is sponsored by the Redmi Note 11 series. With powerful upgrades to the camera, charging and display, the all-new Redmi Note 11 and Redmi Note 11 Pro amp up the legacy the brand has built. Featuring Full HD Plus displays with a 120Hz refresh rate, speedy Snapdragon or MediaTek system on chips, the Redmi Note 11 is designed to rise to the challenge of your daily needs. Find out more by heading to vodacom.co.za. and welcome to another edition of the AfriCast. My name is Brendan Lotz and joining me this week is Clint Matos. Hello again, everybody. And Robin Lichetti. Howdy. Um, I'm not going to ask you guys how your week was, um, mostly because I've been away <laughs> most of the week. Um, uh, but are we looking forward to the weekend? I know I am. Oh, yeah. And then there's oh, yeah. a slew oh, of public holidays now? coming up this month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really looking forward to it. It's, uh, it's been a while. Oh, it's not, it hasn't been that long. But it's been a while since I've had four consecutive days off of work. What a what a luxury! <laughs> Looking forward to it. Uh, right, let's get into the news. Oh, before we do that, uh, big thanks to the Redmi Note 11 series for sponsoring this Africast. Uh, you'll hear some live reads throughout the show today. Uh, but let's get stuck into the news. Robin, you've got some uh, news about affordability of broadband, correct? Uh, that's right, or rather the lack thereof. So, um, Cable.uk. They usually release quarterly and annual reports with regards to the cost of connectivity across the globe. And it makes for some interesting reading. It also kind of backs up what we may potentially be feeling uh, locally as well. So the latest report looked at the cost of broadband across the globe. Uh, They looked at a number of different countries. I think there were maybe less than a dozen or so countries that weren't included in this report. Um, But uh, I guess unexpectedly, or rather expectedly, uh, South Africa didn't rank too well. Um, we ranked a 170th in the world as far as the cost of broadband is concerned. And I guess that really tracks. Uh, we know, for example, that the cost of data is exorbitantly high in South Africa. Um, although we have decent penetration as far as 3G, 4G, uh, well, I was just about to say 5G, not 5G. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as, I guess, uh, penetration when it comes to uh, access to the internet is concerned, it is relatively solid in South Africa, but unfortunately the cost mm. is uh, still quite high. Um, more specifically, uh, the cable.co.uk report said that the average cost of a broadband package in South Africa per month was $72.38. And that translates to roughly a thousand and fifty-two rand per month, which I guess, speaking anecdotally, um, is, is has been my experience. I pay for a one hundred meg up and down line for around about a thousand one hundred rand per month. So yeah, that seems to track. Um, and they looked at forty-one different broadband packages in South Africa. Unfortunately, they didn't mention uh, the precise packages themselves. Uh, and unfortunately, we don't have any data as far as uh, which service provider is the best uh, or offers the best value for money. As far as I'm concerned, uh, I would guess a more extensive report is, would be required on that. Uh, but I mean, this report is pretty solid. Uh, it looked at 220 countries between 19 January of this year to 30th of March and looked at a total of 3,356 um fixed line broadband deals so it was fairly comprehensive um there was uh, some interesting stats um for example syria and uh, had the 
the least expensive uh, broadband in the world. Um, as same went for Sudan, it ranked in uh, second. And I think it's also probably important to note that we have to look, I guess, consider penetration as well. Although the cost of a broadband package is relatively cheap in those nations, um, if, for example, the speed and the accessibility is low, it really kind of defeats the purpose. So although yeah. South Africa, uh, it is really expensive, um, I guess the reach is far better in comparison to, say, somewhere like Syria. Um, other nations that kind of ranked high were the UK and, and Russia. Um, it should be also pointed out that that will likely change in the coming year, uh, given the ongoing invasion of Russia into the Ukraine. Um, so, yeah, that probably that outlook will, will likely change once uh, cable.co.uk do their report next year. But, um, yeah, just like the price of petrol, unfortunately, access to broadband in South Africa is going to cost you quite a bit. Yeah. Seems like everything's just getting way more expensive these days, right? Mm -hmm. Or not seems like, it just is. Everything's just <laughs> getting more expensive. Uh, Clinton, what have you got for us this week? Well, I've got something more lighthearted, but still uh, kind of expensive. <laughs> if, uh, two, two expensive franchises together again. So it's Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. So it just lo uh, launched this week. Um, we're still working on our review because this is an absolutely enormous game. So as you may have guessed by the name, the Skywalker Saga, this is all nine movies. The original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, and the sequel trilogy, all remade in LEGO as a playable game. So uh, you can check out an early impressions that is on the site right now, as long as a massive list of all the starships that are in the game. But I just want to go over a bit about that early impressions, just give you guys a little taste. So we are playing on the Nintendo Switch, um, which is a bit uh it doesn't look as good as the other versions of the game i think a lot of trailers for the game that have been released so far um on the current slash next gen versions or pc and a lot of people are saying oh this looks amazing this looks amazing but on switch it looks like an old game just because of the limitations of the hardware and the fact that it's 30 fps and it constantly drops under that but as soon as you boot into this game on the first level it's staggering how large this game is. I mean, when you are on a planet, a Lego planet, and you can just go everywhere, you can find puzzles, you can fight things, you can take up challenges. I, I don't even want to know how many like man hours were put into this game. There is so much to explore. And that's, so far at least, maybe this will change by the time I do my full review, the sheer size of this game is the best thing about it, but it's also the worst thing about it because it feels like this is just an exploration and puzzle game. And if you go look at the store pages for this, it's usually listed as like action adventure, stuff like that, which it is. But because of the way they've made this game, it just feels like exploration and puzzle. And if that's what you want, then fantastic. But then it's just at odds with, again, going back to the, the stuff that was released before this game came out, like they're saying, they improved the um, the combat and they improved the uh, starship battles and all of that. And then you're not doing that for like 80% of the game. You're just walking around, solving puzzles, collecting uh, studs, which are your money, and then uh, kyber bricks, which are uh, used for unlock. So it's just a bit disjointed in that way. But I am having a decent amount of fun with it. Um, if you are a fan of Star Wars, this is almost like you have to buy this, even if you aren't a fan of Lego, because every single 
area that you see in the movies is recreated here. And yes, it is in Lego, but if you ever watch a movie and think, wow, it would be so cool to live in that world, this is as close as you can get to Star Wars, um, you know, living in the Star Wars world because you can walk around the streets and the planets and the deserts and the seas of these um, fictional worlds. And it's, again, it's astounding how broad and how deep it is. And for people who love Lego, there's also obviously a lot to love. Uh, again, most stuff is made in Lego. So if there's a starship, it's made out of Lego. If there's a character, it's Lego. If there's certain size buildings, it's Lego. But again, as I mentioned in my early impressions, there's a weird mix of, okay, a lot of stuff is made out of Lego. And the designers obviously sat down with uh, like Lego CAD software and made it um, with real bricks. But then I'd say like, 50 or 60% of the world is just regular 3D models that aren't Lego. So there's a, there's a very, again, it's disjointed. It's very weird that you go into one room and say there's like a, a table and chairs and the table and chairs are all made out of Lego. And you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then you'll go into a room like five minutes later and there's a different set of table and chairs, but now it's 3D modeled and it's not made out of Lego. So whenever I bring this up, this has happened in all the Telltale Lego games. People kind of call me a bit nitpicky, but it just, it creates a very weird world where you don't really believe everything is Lego, and this is Lego Star Wars. Why didn't they just make everything out of Lego? And I, I want to point out the game Lego Worlds, which came out, I think, in like 2015, uh, sorry, 2017, so it's been like half a decade since it came out. Everything in Lego Worlds was made out of Lego, including the planets. Um, that was basically like Minecraft where you could just point downwards into the core of the earth and just dig and everything you'd see was made out of bricks and we're so much later now and they haven't brought that back so i'm having a lot of fun i'm unlocking stuff um seeing all these characters and all these moments from star wars done in lego is fantastic there's just there's a lot of shortcomings that uh, i can't really overlook and the other side of this is that this is really a game made for kids and I know I've talked about in the past that Lego is a toy made for kids and to a certain extent Star Wars is a series made for kids especially the, uh, the prequel trilogy um, and maybe when they play this they will overlook all those problems but then again there's been a lot of reviews from adult reviewers and they have overlooked some of the problems I've brought up so I've already put a lot of hours into the game. I'm going to put a lot more hours into it. I'll hopefully have a review out next week. It depends how long this game is. And yeah, I'll, I'll link to everything I mentioned. The last thing I want to mention is that the mainline story where you're playing through the movies is extremely short. Um, I think the content for the actual movies is only about 30 minutes each. And then the, the side missions and all the collectibles and all the optional puzzles are multiple hours each. So again... Lots of disconnects in this game. I'm, I'm still having fun, and this is still a real treat for Star Wars and LEGO fans. But there are some shortcomings, and I'll have a full review soon. Cool. Right, uh, before we move on to the main topic of the podcast, I uh, just want to chat a bit about uh, something that was discovered with AMD GPU drivers this week, uh, specifically Adrenaline 22.3.1. Um, an investigation or a report by Tom's Hardware found that uh, some AMD systems that were using a AMD Ryzen 5000 CPU and an AMD GPU uh, were being overclocked without the knowledge of the owners, 
which is not a fun thing to, to have happen to you. Uh, so the reason this happened is uh, late last year, AMD released uh, a Ryzen module with its adrenaline software. And this Ryzen, sorry, Ryzen master module. And this Ryzen master module allows for the overclocking of CPUs as well as the GPU. So generally, if you wanted to overclock your AMD CPU, you needed to download something called Ryzen master, which is a very thorough um, overclocking utility from AMD. Um I mean, it can be used for other things, but the main point of it is overclocking. Um, and this module was added to the GPU adrenaline software. And now we sit with a problem where if users apply an older profile to their AMD GPU, uh, an, uh, sorry, an older overclocking profile, so from a previous version of the software, it will now also overclock their CPU. Uh, AMD is aware of this, um, and it appears the way that the GPU drivers interact with a BIOS system or with the system's BIOS might be causing some issues. Uh, they are investigating this, but it is recommended that if you are running an AMD 5000 CPU with an AMD GPU, uh, that you roll back drivers and also check whether your CPU has been overclocked. Um, while I, like, I know that a lot of people are going to say, oh, but I mean, overclocking is really, lots of people do it. But if you have a, a system that's really small or underpowered, doesn't have a good enough cooler, or a, you're using a notebook, for instance, um, there could be some really catastrophic downfalls to having your CPU overclocked without your knowledge, especially without your knowledge. So yeah, hopefully AMD can sort this out quickly uh, and swiftly. Um, and yeah, uh, just keep an eye on your temperatures and your CPU clock. It might be a little bit higher than you than you originally thought. Interesting, because like you said, it is free performance, but it's it's like imagine somebody snuck in and made your car much faster, but then it Use more, more fuel. petrol and it might explode. So yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. a very weird situation. So yeah, I mean, you don't you don't want it. You don't you don't really necessarily want to have an overclock, if, especially if your system isn't designed for overclocking or it was never your intention to overclock. So yeah, hopefully AMD can fix this quickly. The latest Redmi Note 11 series features the all-new MIUI 13, featuring faster storage, higher background processing efficiency, and a longer battery life. The latest MIUI 13 arrives first on Redmi Note 11. The large 5000 milliamp hour battery will keep you going all day and a 100% charge will only take one hour thanks to 33 watt fast charging. Upgrade to a Redmi Note 11 today and visit Vodacom to find out more. Uh, right, let's, uh, let's chat about one of the biggest news stories of the week, I think. Um, earlier this week it was announced that Elon Musk uh, was buying Twitter. Well, not buying Twitter, rather. He bought a stake in Twitter, 9.2%, for a grand total of $2.89 billion. I want to touch on that in a little bit, in, in a minute. Um, but yeah, uh, what made this all the more interesting is that uh, about two weeks ago, uh, Elon Musk sent out a tweet asking people if um, Twitter was rigorously, rigor, rigorously, I can't speak today, rigorously adhering to free speech principles. Um, that poll, which received over 2 million responses, the majority, 70%, said no. Uh, Twitter doesn't adhere to free speech principles. And now suddenly Elon Musk has spent two points, call it 2.9 billion of his own money uh, to <laughs> to buy 9.2% stake in Twitter. Um Let's start off with our opinions of this. Robin, you wrote the story. Let's let's start with you. What, what's your opinion of Elon Musk buying uh, a stake in Twitter? Um, it strikes me as very odd. Um, 
I don't know. His relationship with the company or with the social media platform has been very weird for a number of years now. Um, so I guess in that kind of vein, this kind of fits the, fits the, the MO he's been having of late. Um, but yeah, uh, we've kind of seen what happens when founder-led organizations hold on to their founder for a bit too long. And now with uh, Elon Musk kind of joining the fray, it is, it is, it is really weird. I don't know. It's, I, I just don't see the end game here. What's the whole purpose of this? Because, yeah, we'll discuss it shortly, but there's only so much he'll be able to do. It's just really odd. Yeah. Clinton, what's your opinion of Musk buying a stake in Twitter? He's doing it just to delete that one account that tracks where his private jet goes. Um, <laughs> no, he probably is going to do that. But, uh, yeah, this this is just, you know, regular rich guy stuff. Um, you use a, a company or you like a company or you want to do something weird with a company. So just like, oh, whatever, I'll buy it. Um, I wasn't too surprised. Uh, just because him and Trump and they really love Twitter for some reason over all other social media. So I wasn't too surprised. I, I was a bit surprised that you can just go out and buy such a large portion of Twitter. I would have thought the accountants would have done smarter things with the shares and mm. shuffled them away so no one could just come in and brute force their way in. So that surprised me. But the fact that he did it didn't surprise me just because... Uh, you spend so much time on there. Man, uh, you have all the money in the world and you just sit on your phone and tweet. <laughs> Is that really... Like, you're not like at an island paradise on a jet ski or doing anything else. You're sitting on Twitter. So, yeah, it wasn't surprising um, that he bought it. It was a bit surprising how he bought it, though. So, something that confuses me is why everybody and their dog wants to get in on the social media game. So, uh, like, Musk kind of makes makes a slight degree of sense, I guess, given how much, as you mentioned, Clinton, how much time he spends on the platform. Um, but it just seems like everybody wants to have their pie in the social, or finger in the social media pie, rather. Um, like, if we just look at Trump's Truth Social app, um, which by all accounts looks to be falling apart. Um, there are high-ranking officials who have left the app in recent weeks. Um, the, a report from Washington Post showcases uh, how poorly installs are happening or how low installs have dropped over the past month. Um, yeah, it's, it's not doing well. And this, I think, is kind of indicative of services like this. I mean, we, we've seen a whole bunch of competitors, Gab and... Um, Odyssey, which is a video sharing platform, which are very lax in how they police their platforms, right? So misinformation has kind of flourished on these platforms, especially uh, the likes of things like um, uh, Odyssey and Gab, where they don't have policies saying, well, if you say this, you can have your account deleted. And my concern is that Musk is going to try. I don't know how successful he will be because I don't know how much um, how much voting power 10 or 9.2% of a stake in a company gets you. Um, but my concern is that he's going to try and push to upend some of the protections that face or Twitter has put into place over the last two years. Um, protections that eventually saw people like Donald Trump removed from the platform for 
uh, spreading violent rhetoric and misinformation, among other things. And we've seen that over the years or over the last the last year, really, um, those efforts really ramped up. And my concern is that now uh, Elon Musk is going to wander in here or wander into the Twitter office and be like, well, you know, we need to we need to uphold free speech, which I, I, te- I agree with Musk. Free speech is very important, but free speech doesn't mean you're free from consequence. So if you say something that is controversial, I don't know whether you should, like if you make a, a tongue-in-cheek joke about the Oscars that happened a couple of weeks ago, um, like I don't think that that's grounds for you getting banned. However, if you're, if you're spreading violent rhetoric or misinformation, that that's another story entirely, right? That that's that I feel should be grounds for having your account suspended or at the very least um, restricted from from posting. Um, and I just feel like uh, like Musk is going to come in here and say, "Well, you know, I think it, it's better if we if we just let anybody say whatever they want to do." And I think that could be dangerous. Or am I maybe just thinking a bit too too hard about this, Robin? So, I think that. It won't get to that point. Hopefully, there are enough uh, measures in place to stop that from happening. I know that when uh, it was announced that Musk would be joining the board of directors at Twitter, that the SEC, which is the Security and Exchange Commission of the United States, yeah. weighed in and said that um, they're going to cap uh, the um, amount of stock he can have in the company at 14.9%, if I remember correctly. Uh, I don't okay. know what the current makeup is as far as who owns how much. But I'm pretty sure that's not enough for him to make kind of sweeping changes uh, with regards to what the board of directors can do. But yeah, um, again, I'm just not too sure what the end game is here because I understand that Musk enjoys Twitter. He uses it as a vehicle to kind of get a lot of whatever's inside of him out there. Um, (laughs) And that's fine and everything but i'm not too sure if he is really the right person to be kind of driving the direction of the company i don't think and again uh, i might be overstepping my bounds here but i think honestly he should probably stick to what he knows best which is kind of kind of pioneering innovative technology i'm not too sure (laughs) if he has the capacity or indeed the foresight to kind of handle all the nuances that come with twitter because twitter itself struggles with it um yeah. they, they, they launched the well they announced that they're going to be adding an edit button uh, to the platform <laughs> and that me- brings another kind of layer of elements that you now have to police um yeah. so I, I i think that musk uh, has done this for the headline uh, and I guess it's worked because we're talking about it now mm. but I'm not too sure if he fully grasps just how much of a a time drain working on something like Twitter would be and I'm not too sure if he actually has the the desire to kind of really get into the nitty gritty elements of social media I think he's quite happy to tweet whatever nonsense he likes and that's fine um or happy for him to do that just don't get involved with policy and direction of the company because i think there you're kind of out of your depth unfortunately yeah it's you raise an interesting point robin i mean it's also the fact that we have a billionaire um and billionaires are infamous for not really having their finger on the pulse of what the every man or every person rather uh, is thinking of on the street 
Um, so, I mean, what could go wrong, right? Billionaire that's in charge of a platform that million of us use to talk, millions of us use talk about, use to talk about eating the billionaires. You know, um, is he going to ban that? I don't know. I, that's I don't, free speech, Brandon. Uh, that's the problem, though, Clinton. Is that uh, free speech is is very, very questionable? I think, or the definition of what is free free speech and what is allowed. Um, is something that needs to be answered. And I don't know if I want Elon Musk answering that question. What are your thoughts, Clinton? Sorry, kind of just skipped over you. Um, like Robin, I don't know what this guy's endgame is. Um, you know, what does he really want with Twitter other than to say, I own a part of it? Is he going to just, now that he's on the board, is he just going to force him to add an edit button and then he's not going to do anything else? Because I, I can see him doing that. Be like, okay, my work here is done. Um, is he just going to uh, go into the the founder's part of Twitter and erase everyone's name and be like, oh, I made this? Uh, I can see him doing that too. So I don't know what his end goal is, but I think maybe he just wants to own something, right? Uh, I don't know if he has any broad goals except, you know, wanting... I wouldn't be surprised if he did this just so his account can't be deleted. He's like, I've got some spicy tweets saved in the drafts that probably break the uh, terms of service. And I want to tweet them for some reason, but I don't want my account to be deleted. So I'm just going to buy the whole shebang. Um, it would be hilarious if that's all he wants to do. And then Twitter will have to scramble to explain why they haven't deleted his account. Um, yeah, so only he knows what he's doing. It's very enigmatic. Um, I think maybe... If, do you think he'll make... Oh, no, he can't make a run for becoming the president because he wasn't born there. Yeah. Uh, Americans can thank us for that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know his end game. I think he just wants to make some small changes because he is on there so often and he also just wants to make sure his account can't be deleted. And for him, a few billion dollars is worth that. So, yeah, I, I don't think he wants to make his the huge changes that maybe some of his fans thinks he's going to make. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, he, he got addicted to Twitter as it is, right? So I don't know why he would love Twitter so much and now he wants to join it and change things dramatically. That wouldn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it could also be that he... Uh, maybe he wants to bring fleets back, you know? <laughs> maybe he's upset that fleets were removed so early in their life and he wants to bring them back. Maybe he wants to be the first person or he wants his... Space extra nears uh, to to be the first people to tweet from the moon or Mars. You know, maybe that's his play. Maybe it's as innocent as that. Although, given that he's a billionaire and kind of parades like a a villain from a comic book series, I don't know. Don't really know if I trust him too much. <laughs> um, there was a there was something that popped up uh, this or today rather or rather on Thursday. Sorry, um, regarding. Uh, a Slack message that was sent by a Twitter employee. Uh, reportedly, the Twitter employee asked whether board members would be held to the same standard as employees when they tweet questionable content. The employee said that if somebody other than a board member tweeted the content Musk often shares, they'd be the subject of a human resources investigation. So, I mean, I think I can answer this for this employee without having any knowledge of what happens at Twitter and just having a fair idea of what happens in other countries. Um, sorry, Mr. Employee, but no, they probably won't apply. Um, just looking at something like Activision Blizzard, I mean, Bobby Kotick is Im immune to any sort of criticism or any sort of 
um, punishment or action against him um, as a member of the board on Activision Blizzard's board of directors. Um, so I don't know whether Twitter has a similar policy, but I doubt very much that uh, his edgy tweets are going to stop. I mean, in my story that I wrote about this, uh, I included a tweet from Musk in which there's some stick figures shooting John Lennon. Um, and like, I can understand that it's it's just a joke, but in the context of you are now a on the board of directors of Twitter and you're sharing something that would likely get any other person banned, that's really that's really worrying to me. Um, and I, I, I just hope that Twitter is aware of this, but it, it, again, I don't know. And it the way that we've seen how billionaires are treated in society, uh, it just tells me that nothing's going to happen to him. He'll continue to tweet his edgiest content that he can, uh, and nothing will befall him. I mean, even the SEC has taken him to task for tweets, and has he has that stopped him? No, it's just inspired him to be even more ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, you, you guys raise good points, not knowing what his play is, but. I don't know. I don't trust billionaires. I, I just don't. And the idea that we now have an, another billionaire that is has their hands in something that millions of us use, millions of us rely on to get news and accurate information um, or news on the ground, it's concerning to me, especially when his definition of free speech is the only one that he seems to be, be taking into account. Right? I mean – He's not taking into account the why people are banned, at least not from the outside. This is the perception that we that I have at least, is that he's not taking into account what what is what other people are doing and saying and their definition of what free speech is, and he's only taking his own, which is very dangerous because, like I said before, billionaires don't understand the plight of the everyman. They just don't. And they can come here and sit down with me and tell me that they are but they won't because they're billionaires. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, do do we think? Okay, so if if Elon Musk does come and make a whole bunch of changes that are uh, averse to what you know about Twitter and the experience that you have on Twitter, would you leave? Um, I'm gonna start. I'll start off and say that probably not because I'm addicted to Twitter in ways that uh, I, I can't actually explain to myself. It, it's it's a bad habit of waking up in the morning and the first thing you do before you've even rubbed the sleep out of your eyes is check Twitter. Um, so would you guys stop using Twitter if Elon Musk started making sweeping changes, Robin? Um, it, it wouldn't matter to me much. Uh, the only reason why I am on Twitter is because of my job. Uh, yeah. If I wasn't a journalist or if I wasn't working for Hypertext, I would very gladly end uh to delete my Twitter account and go about my business. So whatever, short of anything illegal, uh, whatever Elon Musk does on the platform holds no sway with me. Um, mm. The only time I would start really thinking uh, critically about what's happening on the platform uh, is how much weight Musk likes to put on Twitter polls. Uh, mm. we, we mentioned the free speech one. Um, there was also... I think a month or two back where he tweeted out whether or not he should be uh, paying a certain amount for his taxes and things like that. And oh, yeah, based yeah, on yeah. the Twitter poll, he did it. Um, that seem, I, I'm sure he made up his mind before the Twitter poll was even going to happen, but oh, yeah. that seems really 
irresponsible. Um, <laughs> That's we, a good way of putting it, Robin. No, I agree with you. I still don't understand how you can choose not to pay taxes. But then again, <laughs> I'm not a billionaire. That still vexes me. Sorry to go on a little tangent here. How can you just decide not to pay taxes? What? <laughs> it's like walking into a store and they've got something for sale. Like, you know what? I'm going to decide not to pay for this. And you just pick it up and walk out of the store and then nothing happens to you. I- anyway, sorry, go on, Robin. No, I was going to say that, yeah. Um, it's probably irresponsible to be using Twitter like that. Um, obviously, we use Twitter polls all the time, but we're not working with billions of dollars in our back yeah, pockets. Yeah, and we're also, we're also not the CEO and founder of three massive corporations. So, three, I mean, Starlink technically. Uh, okay, two, because Starlink and SpaceX are one company. So two massive corporations. Like, no. No, it's not responsible at all, especially if you're going to be a board director or a, a member of the board of directors and and behave you, like you're a petulant child. Like, oh, I've got an edgy tweet about John Lennon. Cool, bro. Send it to your WhatsApp with your friends, your WhatsApp group. Oh, wait, you only have 112 people that you're following and 90% of them are businesses. Do you not have friends, Mr. Billionaire? Yeah, and is let, that what this is about? Let's forget that Twitter is a bit of an echo chamber. So although you might have a poll mm. up there and you think you are kind of facilitating some kind of public discourse, all of the time the people that are voting in that poll likely follow you and share the same views as you. So is that really objective I mean, he, kind of feedback that you're getting? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you there because, I mean, Musk has, let me just check here, I don't want to be, 80.9 million. million, yeah, and only 2 million people responded to that to that poll, so, uh, what is that, 20 divided by 80 is, what, 25%? 4%? Yeah, 25, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, it is, it's, yeah, so, I mean, like, he's really, really just like you say, it's an echo chamber. It's it's just him talking to his followers and the few that are active and that aren't following him for the absolutely insane stuff he tweets. Um, like, are those the people that you want making decisions? Two million of Elon Musk's followers? No, thanks. I'm, I'm good. It's like, should we let Joe Rogan's audience decide uh, vaccine <laughs> policies? Probably not. <laughs> Probably a bad idea. Um, and yeah, it is, it is an echo chamber and it's concerning to me that he doesn't realize that, or if he does realize that, that he's using that to make big decisions, like whether or not I should pay tax. Uh, what? Like Musk, just go back to, to talking really badly at live events and staying on the sidelines. I think that's what you're good at, Right. Like stick to those things. Don't 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 try and mess with things that you don't really understand. Because social media, especially the likes of Twitter, is such a delicate pal- delicate balancing game at this point. And keeping people uh, making funny jokes and and poking fun at current affairs and celebrities and all that sort of stuff, uh, while also trying to make sure that there's nothing nefarious happening or nothing bad happening on the platform. I'm not saying that there isn't bad things. There's lots of bad things happening on the platform, but we don't need Elon Musk's edgy behavior to now become yet another problem to add to this. It's just not a good idea. Um, Clinton, sorry, we didn't ask you. Would you delete Twitter if uh, Musk started making sweeping changes? 
Well, my answer is probably the same for like 99% of the uh, users on the platform. Yeah. I think the only thing that would prompt the deletion of your account or uh, to not use it as much as you do now is if another social media comes along and it just takes over Twitter share. Um, a lot of people have said that the, the age of new um, social media coming about and getting any sort of foothold has kind of passed and will never happen again. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think if someone comes up with something really innovative or something that has a you know a gimmick because i mean the whole reason twitter became popular was because of its gimmick because it was short and even though it's really gotten away from that um especially in recent years that was what made it special so i don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that another social media comes around and it steals a lot of twitter's users or a lot of facebook's users and people don't delete their account but they just use twitter so little that it's it becomes irrelevant so yeah, so to answer your question, no, I'm not going to delete it, but I think there is a possibility that a better offering comes around and everybody just flocks there, including myself. Um, will that happen? I have no idea. Maybe the people who say there's not going to be another big social media, right? Who's to say? So, yeah, I won't be deleting it. And like Robin said, I also have to use it for work. So, I mean, before I started working in Hypertext, I deleted my Facebook account. I deleted it, like, I think in high school. I was just like, ah, oh, this is pretty boring. Um no one really uses anymore and I deleted it and then I came to work here and I needed to make another account. So I've deleted stuff before. It's that picture of Goofy. I'll do it again. Um, but probably won't for Twitter unless something better comes along. So uh, you raised an interesting point unless something better comes along. And I think it's worth pointing out that Facebook was founded in 2004 and Twitter was founded in 2006. And the fact that no real alternative has come along in those years up until now uh, that has managed to pull users away from the likes of Twitter and Facebook, um, I think that that speaks volumes about a competitor eventually coming around. Like uh, You make good points, Clinton, in, in that Twitter's original gimmick probably brought a lot of users to the platform. It brought me to the platform because I could literally just tweet a stream of my unedited thoughts um which was unlike something like facebook where you needed to have something substantial to post whereas twitter i could literally say tweeting from the toilets uh and all that sort of stuff so i mean i don't know whether we will eventually see a competitor to these big social media platforms um but given the fact that every single alternative to twitter or Facebook has ultimately failed or has just kind of reached a plateau of growth after reaching like 200,000 users or not even cracking a million uh, is, is really concerning. Uh, well, not concerning, but it, it speaks volumes rather that launching a social media platform is not as easy as some people think. And more than that, operating and policing that platform is also not as easy as some of us think. You know, like... A lot of these things are are run by automation, especially the, the stuff that gets you banned, right? If a bot decides or an algorithm decides that you've broken the terms of service enough, you get banned. Um, and these are open open to manipulation, of course. But yeah, it, it's I don't know if Musk knows the, the, the amount of work that he's signed up for, although, of course, the board of directors likely isn't coming into the office every day, but they do have to make uh, decisions. Of course, uh, the Twitter CEO, uh, Parag Agra Agrawal, uh, 
said that or he will remain the CEO. So the buck kind of stops with him. Um, and yeah, I don't know. This is just it's it's just weird. Like, why buy into it? Why buy into Twitter? Just why? Like, is is it profitable? I don't think it is that profitable. Is it? Does anybody yeah, know? I I highly doubt that he's doing it purely for money. Um, I, I really don't think <laughs> it's it's money based. I think it's purely. I like this product. I want to do stuff with it that maybe they won't let me do as a regular user. I I, I highly doubt he's looking to make a profit off of this. Yeah, I think it's all about. Con- potentially controlling conversations it's why a lot of billionaires like to buy media companies because they can control conversations um so this might be his take on that because you can't buy a, a washington post because because jeff bezos already owns that um so maybe he says okay i'll do one better i'll i'll start buying twitter i mean that's a good point right i mean could so is social media the new media conglomerate um, I mean that's a good point. I don't know whether that's a clever idea. Uh, seems like seems like a bit of a reach. Um, just to give you an idea very quickly, total revenue from Twitter uh, exceeded 1.5 billion uh, US dollars in Q4 2021, um, uh, which isn't that, that, that. Yeah, that's revenue though, right? Yeah, yeah, it's that's total profit. revenue. It's a big. Difference. It's not profit. Yeah, yeah, it's not profit. Um, I can't actually see profit here. Uh, yeah, they see. sometimes hide it. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, well, you kind of see why they were so willing to sell stock. Yeah. Uh, don't know. There's nothing here about profitability in here. You'd have to go and dig into the financials, which I don't have time to do right now. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't turn a profit. A lot of these big companies, you'd actually be shocked by <clears throat> the amount of money that they make. But the operating costs are so high that it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Lots of revenue doesn't matter if you're not making a profit. Um, like Uber is an infamous example. Every year they need <coughs> money. Excuse me. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so what do we think Musk is going to buy next to wrap up? What what's what do we think his next big uh, big purchase will be? Um, uh, another. Car company and another car company. Invented the, uh, company. Yeah, um, I don't know. Um, he's got like one of everything now, doesn't he? He doesn't uh, have a game maker, which is where I think he's going next. Well, they could like, turn Twitter into a, a game thing, they make <laughs> they turn Netflix into a game company, kind of. Remember that? Yeah. they're still doing that, but they are still, they are still, they are still doing it to play that uh, Stranger Things game when I log into Netflix sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, maybe he'll buy. Maybe he'll buy a video game company. Ubisoft. Uh, I don't even know does much play video games. Uh, I mean, he tweets. He was tweeting about Elden Ring a bit recently, but I mean that could just yeah, be but... topical. Yeah. I mean, there are some. The, some of the tweets were like, "Oh, maybe he does play because he's tweeting things that only somebody who's playing the game might know." But he could also just be watching a lot of meme video- videos. Yeah. I don't know what billionaires do with their free time. <laughs> It would be hilarious if he bought a big company that's really hated, like EA. Oh. And then just came in and made it less shitty. Or actually, <laughs> it would be funny if he made it more shitty. That would also be... E- either way... How? How could he make EA worse? Just... How? I don't know. More, more like NFT BS. <laughs> more you can play as Elon in one of the games. What I'm surprised th- he hasn't been added to Fortnite. What I, think he's, what I think he's going to do is he's going to buy... Um, Ubisoft 
and then he's going to bring back breakpoints. <laughs> he's going to sell NFTs through breakpoint. That's what I think he's going to do. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Imagine he like tries to buy Epic just to like take over. <laughs> wow, because that's I don't, the most Twitter meme game in the world. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Tim Sweeney Tim, Tim Sweeney would be happy with that. I don't know if he would be willing to sell either. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up from us. Unless anybody has some closing thoughts they want to add. Um. I was going to say, usually when we talk about stuff like this, we're like, oh, stop giving the company your money. But it's like, who's paying for Twitter? <laughs> Only some ridiculous people who pay for Blue and like, what's it called? Like a super follower? Yeah. Some ridiculous people pay for super following and then they just get ragged on in the comments, which is always hilarious. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what to say. There's nothing we can do about this. Uh, we'll just have to wait, really. Robin, closing thoughts? Yeah, um... I don't know. Maybe Elon needs to worry about worry less about social media and just worry about his existing companies. Um, yeah, let's try and make SpaceX and Tesla just better companies. Don't worry about Twitter. Let Twitter handle itself. And yeah, just <laughs> find something more productive to do with your time. I'm sure you've got plenty of other things to worry about. Yeah, there's a whole world that doesn't have uh, Starlink yet, Musk. Maybe focus on getting that that done. Um, get the rest of the world access to Starlink. Build your network of internet. And then we can all use Twitter without your influence, maybe. I think that, that's, that's a yeah, good idea. Yeah, it still hasn't brought, uh, what's it called, uh, Tesla to South Africa, even though he's pro he promised it like, what, a decade ago? <laughs> how, how, long, how much longer are we going to have to wait, Elon? A billionaire are keeping their promise. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Right. <laughs> let's uh, let, let, let's wrap it up for this week. Once again, thank you to the the Redmi Note 11 series for sponsoring this edition of the Africast. Uh, from myself, Brendan Otterio from Clismatos. Bye, everybody. And from Robin Lichetti. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Cheers. Bye. With prices starting as low as 5,299 Rand and two free months of YouTube Premium, the Redmi Note 11 series is your next smartphone. Sporting a 108 megapixel primary sensor and a 2 megapixel depth sensor, you can take professional looking bokeh shots without having to pull out a DSLR. Get fast charging, blazing performance, and excellent photography by shopping the Redmi Note 11 series at photocom.co.za.